Hello and welcome to the Divine Radiance Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Maria, a Magdalene priestess, spiritual midwife, and embodiment coach. Join me and other powerful spiritual women as we explore all facets of feminine life, spirituality, and leadership, including womb wisdom, soulful online business, natural cycles, sexual healing and sacred relationships, intuitive movement, ritual craft, energy work, and food as medicine. I am so excited about today's episode of the Divine Radiance podcast because this is a topic that women have been asking me about recently that I have wanted to explore for a while. And that is the topic of the healing journey, the spectrum of it. You know, when I first went through my biggest uh, rift in my life, I guess you could say, that made it apparent that I had a lot of healing to do, not just from that, but from things before that. Um, That was my divorce in 2016. And you know, I I had this perception that I just, oh, I just needed to heal. I need to heal. And then everything's going to be fine. And I did not realize that there are actually things that come before healing can even start. And things that come after healing happens that allow us to then receive the reality that we were blocked from before. And so I want to talk about that, that whole spectrum, that journey, that starting from the pre-healing phase, which we'll talk about in a moment, to the actual healing itself, to the post-healing phase, which is when we actually begin to step into a different reality. Like whatever we were healed from is no longer a continual experience in our lives anymore. It's the past. And so then it becomes like, well, okay, I can just be in this reality where that thing I was healing from is no longer there. Like the pain of my divorce is gone. I feel at peace inside. But then I I want to be in a relationship that is expansive, healed, nurturing, wise, mature, um, emotionally safe and all of that. Well, how do I step into that? And what I what I discovered in my process was that healing did not mean that I was automatically ready to step into a relationship that reflected all the things that my previous relationship didn't have. There was a phase beyond healing. And so I really divided the healing journey into three sort of distinct phases. And I want to explore those with you today so that if you are currently working through a healing journey of some kind, you can understand sort of where you are on the spectrum, which allows you to be kind to yourself, to understand that just healing itself as a categorical action is not going to it's not going to change everything. It's the beginning of the change, uh, which allows you to have more realistic expectations of yourself and others in this process. And, uh, you know, kind of understanding this will also allow you to pace yourself too and to just really appreciate the journey where you're at. Honestly, if I could go back and speak to that woman who was starting on her journey just a couple of years ago and really speak into her life, I would want to just encourage her to enjoy every phase of this journey because it was a transformation unlike any I ever expected to have in my life. It is not that I thought that my life was so great I didn't need any transformation. Believe me, I could really feel the stuckness I had in various aspects of my life at that time. But 
uh, I was so eager to just heal, heal, and move on, which was the masculine programming, to be honest, in a lot of ways, and not the divine masculine, but the um, the lower masculine programming in me was just, you know, wanting to get through this so that I can get onto other things, not realizing that the getting through it was this incredible experience. There were going to be ups and downs. There were going to be times I felt triggered and felt almost like I had regressed on the journey. But but even when that happened, I was ultimately and always moving forward. So without all that being said, here's how I understand the healing process now, that before the healing even begins, there has to be acknowledgement. And the acknowledgement is that moment where we recognize what isn't working, what is wounded, what hurts. It's the ouch. When you say ouch, you're acknowledging that there's pain. And there can be so many places in our lives where we don't even acknowledge that pain is there for a long time. But when we become aware of the pain, right, this is the feminine aspect. When we become embodied in the body and we recognize the pain to the aspect of our psyche or our being and we say, ouch, we've acknowledged that all is not as it as we would desire it to be in that area. And that acknowledgement is crucial. You know, we can live with either unawareness, right? I mean, you can't even acknowledge what you're not aware of. So we can live with unawareness or we can live with deliberate, uh, a deliberate ignoring of that wound for a really long time. It can be one or the other. It could be complete ignorance or it could be a decision. Um, And either one comes to an end in a moment and we go out and we acknowledge that there is pain. And when there's pain, we have to ask ourselves, what's actually causing it, right? The wound itself is not um, the origin of the pain. The wound is the result of something digging into our life, our heart, our soul. We have to find that thorn, in essence, that has either been buried in us or has uh, has kind of, kind of sliced through us and left a gash. And... Um, there's a beautiful book called The Untethered Soul, which looks at meditation and how meditation and really detangling our thought processes can help us come to peace. And I love the analogy that's used in that book of, of most of our wounds being like a thorn that has dug its way into our flesh. And for many of us, the skin has actually like formed over the thorn, right? We are walking around with all these mechanisms in place to keep us from feeling the thorn rather than feeling, peeling the thorn out, pulling it out and having to actually address the pain. So once you've gone out and you've acknowledged that thorn is there, then you have to find the thorn. What is causing the pain? What has caused the wound? What is causing the um, the festering and the pus, you know, and all of the uh, infection, metaphorically speaking? And it can take a while to find the thorn because what we think is the thorn might end up just being another function of the wound. And we go deeper and we go deeper and we go deeper and you finally find that thorn. And then, you know, once you've acknowledged the pain, you've identified the thorn, then you really have to say, am I ready to pull this out? And this is what I like to call the phase of release. And this is big. You know, a lot of times we are trying to heal a wound while the thorn is still in there. We have not released it. And you might be saying, well, Lisa Maria, well, what is the thorn? I mean, the thorn could be 
a past lover that we haven't really let go of. It could be a childhood trauma that we are still carrying as our primary identity. It could be fears that are completely that feel uncontrollable anyway that uh, our default response to a certain situation there's so many different kinds of thorns but the the reality is that whatever it is it's still in us and I did this I tried to skip all the way to uh, you know changing my mindset and feeling better or you know being kinder to my body or something like that when I hadn't dealt with the body shame and I hadn't dealt with the source of not feeling like I was enough and I hadn't dealt with the um, the need for a relationship to define me and make me whole, which, by the way, it cannot do. That relationship we're seeking from everyone else is what we're really seeking from ourselves. So whatever that thorn is, we have to be willing to release it out of us. And Here's where things get interesting because I've found over the years that very often I want to be healed. I want to step into a reality that is completely different than what I was experiencing before that is on the other side of healing. But in reality, I might not be willing to let go of the thorn. You know, I I hear so often, for example, um, I've had a number of women reach out to me recently about relationships and how they really want to call a beautiful new love relationship into your, into their lives. And then I ask them, have you completely released old lovers and old flames or twin flames or soulmates or people that you really wanted to be the one, but they weren't, they maybe weren't interested in you or whatever, whatever the situation, have you released them fully out of your life and then the response comes back well I'm still getting text messages from my you know my ex or well I still check in on this person occasionally on Facebook well you know I mean we I still have to see this person at this or that gathering of this you know community that we jointly belong to and those physical experiences or tugs or desires or you know kind of wishing your ex wouldn't call, but also not blocking him or her on your phone or getting a new phone number. It's a way of showing that you might not be as ready as you think to release that situation out of your life. So this is where we really have to sit with ourselves and say, am I willing to release the source? And this is tough. You know, for me, I, I, I came to realize at a certain point in my journey that there were relationships, there were possessions, there were habits, there were all kinds of people and things and entities in my life that I was holding on to, that I wanted the healing, but I didn't quite want to let go of the dream I had that that person would be the one. I didn't want to let go of this clutter that was in my cupboards that was a function of my fear that I would never have enough. I didn't quite want to, you know, let go of that eating pattern that was giving me comfort in in serving kind of a negative function in that way in my life or a dysfunctional pattern. I didn't really want to let go of the thorn. It felt too painful to dig the thorn out of the wound. But until we are really willing to come to that point where we release that which is either the thorn itself or represents the thorn, right? 
in our lives, we're not going to be able to heal because sure, skin can grow over that wound, but the wound is still going to continue to fester. So if you have been working on healing something and you feel like it's just still an open gaping wound and it never seems to heal, then you have to ask yourself, are you really, truly, honestly willing to release people, habits, possessions, uh, fears, anything else out of your life that is keeping you from stepping into the reality you want? Are you willing to let go of those things? And that release can be symbolic. It could be writing a letter and burning it, um, you know, and, and scattering the ashes of that letter. It could be lovingly unfriending someone or blocking them from contacting you, not out of anger, but out of uh, a way of returning their energy to them and you take your energy back to you. It could be um, that you step away from partnerships. It could be that there's possessions that you know. Maybe maybe there were things that were given to you by someone that you now realize had uh, did not have pure intentions in the relationship. Maybe it's time to release those possessions. Maybe there's a job or a contract that you need to release. Whatever it is, I'm 100% convinced now in my experience that release has to happen before healing can begin because you cannot heal a wound while the thorn is still in it. It can't be cleaned. It can't be mended. It can't be, you know, sewn or set or whatever needs to happen to that wound metaphorically in your soul for it to heal. It's just never going to heal when when we're clinging on to something that is actually still causing the pain or that's a function of the pain. So whatever symbolic or tangible release needs to happen, this is a massively important step. You've got to acknowledge, you've got, you know, that you, that ouch, right? It hurts. You've got to identify what's the, the thorn that caused this pain. You've got to be willing to pull it out. Release what does not reflect the healed, whole, well future you want to have so that you can create that. And then after that comes the healing. I mean, after all this time, we're 13 minutes into this podcast and I finally talked about healing because there's all that groundwork that has to happen. And and the healing can be messy, just like a wound can look terrible and smell terrible and uh, maybe even look slightly more swollen or worse while it is in the process of healing than it did before it was even cleaned and cared for. Um, so, it, you know, you can feel in times and your life might even look like the wound has gotten worse while you're on the process of healing. It's okay. You know where you're at. You know what's happening. Um, you know, a lot of times in the healing process, we think we've made progress and we've reached a new level of peace and then something happens that triggers what remains of the fear, anger, isolation, rage, whatever feelings were there, and they pop up again. And people tend to interpret this as a step backward, but it's not. It is part of the process. Those things are coming up so you can love that aspect of yourself. Love is the medicine always when we are in the healing journey. It's always the medicine, and then we have to apply it to ourselves along the way. Give ourselves grace. Give ourselves love. And over time, you'll feel that sense of healing. You know, it's almost like your soul is getting stitched together and you're a little bit more whole and a little bit more whole and a little bit more whole. And I honestly do believe that the healing happens way faster when we have acknowledged 
and identified the location of that thorn and actually released it, pulled it out, stepped back from, physically, mentally, emotionally stepped back from people, places, objects, experiences that uh, represent that thorn. When we've stepped back from all of that, we've removed that, the healing process it can be bumpy, it can be rocky, it can be up and down, it can look worse before it gets better and all of that, but it will happen more swiftly than if we are constantly trying to mend the wound around the thorn and not pull it out. So the healing the healing process itself, the actual step of healing requires so much grace, it requires so much care, and it requires a willingness to recognize that you may go back and forth. You're going to have good days and bad ones. There are going to be seasons where you think you've made it to the top and then you get cracked open again. And like I said, all of what's still left there comes rushing out. And okay, you know, we don't have to take on the story. That's the biggest thing I think in this phase is you don't have to take on the story that this is a problem. We don't have to take on the story that something's wrong with you. You don't have to take on the story that you're failing at healing. I mean, believe me, this was, I was the biggest, you know, this, this was the biggest story for me ever was, oh, I'm, you know, I've failed or this or that didn't happen or I must not know what I'm doing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's not like that, not at all. It's part of the process. And you may discover more people, places, things, experiences, you know, objects and opportunities that need to be lovingly distanced or removed from your life. And sometimes it's not forever, you know? Sometimes it's just, I need to distance myself from this person's situation, release this object or whatever for now, so that I, you know, that energy is not continuing to influence me while I'm seeking to heal. And then maybe I can re-engage later. Um, A lot of the sort of... Uh, tenderness that we have like where maybe we become afraid of someone speaking into our life because we were not able to set boundaries between their truth and our truth or um, you know maybe we become like, 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 like we have to be super independent now because before we were codependent you know we can swing between extremes and that's also something to give yourself grace for in the healing process is extremes okay you know, ex- you know, it's it's all right. Like, understand that you're going to swing one direction, the other, and then eventually, as you heal, you will find your own stasis, your own balance. You will be able to trust and receive guidance and in wisdom from others without feeling like you you are, um, you know, no longer autonomous and sovereign in your life. You will be able to be around certain people or situations without being triggered by them. You will be able to potentially be friends with your ex without it causing you to fall into old patterns that prevent you from being in a healthy relationship with someone else. It's all about timing. And that's why I said part of my goal in this episode was just to really encourage you to be kind to yourself and to recognize that this is a process that takes time. I didn't like that. I resisted that in the early years of this journey for myself. And um, I wish now that I had been able to receive it more. Of course, hindsight is always twenty twenty. But I would just encourage anyone, if you're earlier in the process and you recognize that you're earlier in this process, deeply receive where you're at and what's happening because it will open the door 
for the next step for you. Much faster, actually, ironically, than if you resisted it and tried to make it go faster. Along with that, then after the healing phase comes expansion. And, well, I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, as I'm saying this, like as I'm sharing this in the moment, I'm feeling there's really a step beyond that. Before expansion would be integration, and that's where we are able to live day in and day out from the new healed reality without feeling like it's tenuous or or just about to fall apart, right? It becomes a solid, stable, internalized reality that is unwavering. We don't go through mass you know, amounts of fear anymore. We don't have the wibble wobble, the up and down, the sudden outbursts and all of that because we've walked through that. And now we've hit a place where we deeply accept this healed reality. Um, and it's fully integrated into our being. And then after that, then we are able to expand. And expansion, I feel, is honestly another piece of this process that most of us miss just because you healed from betrayal in your last relationship doesn't mean that you are expanded enough internally yet to hold a relationship of integrity, trust, joy, and emotional safety. Not yet. Just because you healed from not being in your power as a woman doesn't mean that you will suddenly be ready to step into radical amounts of power and leadership, particularly where other human beings are involved. Just because you have eliminated a poverty cycle from your past and now you're walking in a new sort of stasis with emotional stability, or rather financial stability, sorry, and emotional stability around money, doesn't mean that you're going to become a millionaire overnight. And this was another hard one for me to learn, that we think, again, that healing is the end-all, be-all, but it's only really kind of the middle phase of the process. Now you've integrated, and now you get to expand. And expansion is where you step past all the limits that your fear and wounding would have had for you before. You know, it's kind of like, okay, uh, you remove the thorn, the wound has healed, And now, not only do you want to get the full use of your arm back, but you want to actually have stronger arms and greater range of motion and more power when you throw a ball and everything else than you had even before you were wounded, right? This is like where you are literally going to a level past what you could even do before the wound happened. And that requires, again, time and patience. It requires you to really understand the ways you would be living with limits before. And it, it, it requires you to wisely examine all aspects of your life and say, am I accepting a limit here? Am I living with less here? Am I, um, you know, you know, where am I acting like someone from my old reality and not someone from the new reality? What would the future me who has this thing I desire, how would she think, feel, and act? And how can I step into as much of that as possible now? And then you begin to see your reality expand around you. 
I mean, I've seen this a lot in my housing um, and my lifestyle, my physical sanctuary and space over the last few years. You know, as many of you know, during after my divorce, I, I went through a, a season where I was coming into my divine feminine activation. I was traveling around the world, literally. I downsized into a suitcase so that I could release possessions, relationships, contracts, partnerships, experiences from the past that were not really aligned at all and were actually, um, you know, they were actually toxic to me. Not that maybe the person or the object actually was itself, but because of my past interaction, that thing just needed to be released. Anyway, I went through that whole season. Well, I got very good at trusting for my housing to be provided. I was a pet sitter, so I stayed in a lot of beautiful homes, actually. When I traveled caring for people's animals, I stayed in Airbnbs. Sometimes friends offered me places to stay. I learned how to be thankful just to have a couch or you know a spare bed under my head. And I healed a lot of the fear I had of being transient in the past. But that did not necessarily mean I was ready to walk into the beautiful apartment I live in now that has gardens and a balcony and three pools to choose from and a sauna and all these things. I always talk about the three pools because I adore water and having pools to choose from based on where the sun is at at different parts of the day. Um, it's, it, it sounds fancier than it is. Side note, my apartment building basically just has three blocks of apartments which are each managed by they're basically managed by three different companies Um, and so the building has been parceled out and so each company is responsible to manage one block and each block has a pool but I'm able to use all of them so (laughs) it sounds really crazy awesome and it and it, it really is but I could not have accepted that into my reality immediately after I quit traveling I I didn't. In fact, I kind of bounced up and down in the amount of luxury or even just what most people would consider like normal convenience that I could handle because I was recalibrating my energy to be able to hold day-to-day comfort, uh, normal levels of convenience. Um, It took me like two years after I was no longer transient that I had a couch and a table again because I just couldn't get over the fact that, well, I can just live with a bed and a dresser. How, how, I mean, probably hearing that you think, well, how crazy, but I was recalibrating again. And I, you know, it took me time to be able to receive into my life these things. I was so afraid that I was going to have to go on the road again. I was afraid I was going to have to be transient again. And it wasn't until I released and healed that fear that I was like, oh no, it's safe for me to ground. It's safe for me to be anchored. It's safe for me to live in this space and be fully provided for and have a table and have a couch and have a microwave and have all these things that didn't feel safe before because I just had to pack my suitcase and move. And so I've learned that, you know, I thought I was going to walk out of that season of transients and like, well, I've healed all those fears. Now I'm ready for the three bedroom penthouse in downtown Dubai. No, not exactly. Because I couldn't hold that in my space. I couldn't expand. I expanded as far as I could, which was a small apartment with a bed and a dresser. And then after that, it was actually an even smaller apartment with the bed and the dresser. And then finally, I woke up one day and said, I'm ready to have a normal life again. And then I moved into this place, right? And so it's a journey. And the next place, I guarantee you, will be bigger and nicer than this one. Not because I need to spend more money, but because 
I will have expanded to the point where this will feel normal and then I will be able to hold something beyond this. Does that make sense? Hopefully it does. That maybe is a bit of a shallow example with my housing, but you can apply that to relationships. You can apply it anywhere. After you've healed and integrated a certain amount of stasis and love and joy and peace in your life in that area that you've been healing, then you can begin to expand, to receive more to take greater risks and to feel completely safe doing so, right? Like after you've healed from an old relationship and you feel deeply at peace within yourself, then you can begin, you've integrated that sense of wholeness within, then you can begin to take risks in dating and know that you're going to be okay and you're not going to fall apart the first time there's a rejection or you're not going to um, fall under the sway of the first guy that says something to you, right? You're going to... Um, you're going to be able to hold your own and you're going to be, you know, you're going to be okay and you're going to be able to successfully interact with different men and then ultimately to find the one who is the fit for your soul and be able to trust and love that person. So it is in a journey of expansion and just understand that too. So let's see if I can remember all of these stages I shared with you. There's the acknowledgement of the ouch, the identification of really the root or the thorn that has gotten lodged in you. There's the willingness to release and the process of releasing that thorn out. Then there's the actual healing, the integration into that new level of healing or, you know, now now you may have a bit of a scar, but now the skin is like, you know, fully and safely healed, right? Metaphorically. And then there's the expansion. Oh, wow, I can actually do more with that area of my body than I ever could before I even was wounded, how powerful is that? I've reclaimed my power um, and the sky is the limit. And then metaphorically, it can be the same in your life. Now I'm able to go to a level I was never, even though I was so wounded that I lost what I had, now I'm able to reclaim and go to a level I was never at before because of that healing journey. And that is the ultimate gift of the healing journey, I believe, is that it enables us, when we ask to receive things and we get pain, we got what we asked for. The pain was not necessary per se. Eckhart Tolle always says suffering is only necessary until it isn't. But the pain was there and it came up to be dealt with. That was the gift. It was what we asked for because it is in dealing with that pain and really fully healing it, feeling it, healing it, loving ourselves through it and all of that, that we are able to receive what we asked for. And that healing process, every bit of it, every stage of it, embrace it fiercely, love it fiercely, celebrate it, dance over it, sing over it, because it is carrying you where you have always wanted to go. It just only seemed like a setback on the surface, and in reality, it was the gift. And I love you all so much, and I will see you on the next Divine Radiance Podcast. And that's a wrap for today's edition of the Divine Radiance Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Maria, and I am so delighted that you joined me for today's episode. If you would like to check out the show notes for this episode, learn more about me, my coaching programs, or anything else, you can do so at IamLisaMaria.com. That's my website. You can also find me on Instagram as That Fiery Dance and also on Facebook forward slash LisaMaria83. 
I always welcome you to reach out to me, send messages, suggest topics. This is an organic and collaborative effort. Blessings to you in the week ahead, and I'll see you right back here for the next Divine Radiance podcast.